this works. So I have so up. Uh, so my favorite podcast is Anchor to use because it like um what it allows you to do with Anchor is you literally can record content and therefore post it to multiple platforms and distribution channels at one time. And then I can put the link on my Snapchat. Like I can literally like take like some of the audio, compile it into something small on Snapchat and then fucking sit, put it on there and be like, people are like, oh, that shit's fucking lit. Then put the link up from my Snapchat to the fucking podcast and direct you there. Cause on Instagram, you have to have like 10K followers for you to do the swipe up feature. Snapchat doesn't Snapchat doesn't like doesn't make you fucking do that. So when people go fuck Snapchat, I'm like I love Snapchat. It doesn't require me to fucking have 10k followers to do the swipe up function to create a marketing funnel. Okay, cool. Could you link me that afterwards? I definitely want to see your content. Yeah, dude, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah you were telling me what's what's what's. Oh, his, so what uh, your so what your boy should do is that he so he should start soliciting uh, his audience's advice about uh, theming the party and like how like what because like Halloween's coming up, so Halloween's gonna be the ideal time to like fucking throw a party. Uh-huh. Right, so you need to start yeah. getting really good fucking ideas from the girls. Ask the girls on campus, like, ask the girls on campus what they want, like, what type of party you guys should be throwing. Let them create the party. The more you can get them invested in telling you about um, how they want the party to look and the type of like decorations and whatnot, then they're more likely to show up. Why? Because they're invested in it. Like, yeah. if, okay, like I like to I like to use this example all the time. Like, if it's your birthday and I allow you, and I say, yo, man, like, I'll dude. You know, I really want, like, dude, I want to host your fucking birthday, but I'm just curious, man, like, what are you into? Like, if you had to have the perfect, most ideal birthday, what would that look like? Uh-huh. Like, no, seriously, like, what would your ideal birthday look like? Uh, party at the house, bunch of my friends, bunch of pe- friends of friends. Uh, no themes? No, nothing like, I mean, if it was, like, the dream, you, if money wasn't an option. Ideally, you throw it at, like, a big-ass mansion with a pool, bunch of people in a nice... I don't know, 90, 100 degree weather, so you can get in, get out, and have the best type of food. Just, I don't know what i do. I'd probably, I don't know if I'd do hot dogs and hamburgers. I've never actually thought about what I would do if it was, like, really, you know. Okay, so, like, girls are a lot better and know a lot more about what they want. So if girls know what they want, and you make that party happen based on their your audience's specifications, how much more likely are they to show up? A lot more likely. Because uh, why? You got they, one, they, you got they, one they thing from them. Energy and time Investment, energy. yes, thank you. Yes. And they feel a part of the party. They feel like they've actually created the party for you. Right. Okay. So, like, also another thing I was thinking about, like, a house like this size, I don't know what's, like, I don't know how many square feet it is, but if you get a vague idea, we just have from the living room all the way up to this backward pad. Like, that patio is big as fuck. Yeah, it is, but, like, you know, we got the neighbors right there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go door to door to the neighbors, too, and be like, yo, we just moved in, blah, 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 this and that, and... We might, like, you know, once a month, you know, throw a little party, but it won't be too loud, this and that. So, initially, what you're going to do is you're going to, if you're going to do, if you're going to do some chill shit where people can't really, like, turn up, because it's college. Uh-huh. People always fucking turn up. Right. Like, they turn up like a motherfucker. So, you're, like, the, the, some of the best thing for you is that you might have to invite the neighbors. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what he was thinking, too. You might have to invite the neighbors. Um and then, like, come through, this is what's going on. Keep your girl-to-guy ratio, keep your girl-to-guy ratio high. Yeah, yep, yep. Every guy has to bring a girl. Every guy has to bring a girl, uh-huh. or, or or bring two girls, because then it keeps the ratio high. Where like there's plenty of girls. Um, if you want to brand the party right, make sure it's like really good looking girls and really good looking guys you collab with, because then it's gonna brand you as that dude. If there's anybody that's like that that's at the place or whatever that you're able to like get to do photography work or whatever dur- like during the event, then that's. Uh-huh. If you can get some kid on campus that like is, that takes really good photos, whatever, that would love to fucking do this because it puts around a bunch of hot chicks, he'll be down. My friend actually has the camera right here. Okay, so so, so what you want to do is you want to leverage that camera, using uh-huh. that camera to basically take a lot of those photos. Take those photos, post, and then you're gonna post them on you're gonna you're gonna post them on your social media. And you're gonna tag the girls. The reason you're gonna tag the girls after the party is they're gonna ask you for those photos and go, yo, that photo is sick. Can you send that to me? Now you can get their phone number. Now you have a text messages text message list they're able to opt into to stay in touch for future parties. And you can okay. create a Facebook so fan example, page. For example, run this by me again. So for example, for Instagram. Okay. So what it is is like during the party, go around the party, get all the hot girls fucking Snapchats or whatever. Okay. Get them down. Sure. And then when you post the photos, be like make some funny caption and like tag the girl. And she's going to be like, if the photo looks really dope for her and if she looks really good, she's going to ask for that photo. Come on, dude. Okay. If I had a really dope photo of you and I posted it on my page, you're gonna tell me that you're not vain enough to fucking to ask for that photo. 
Right, that makes sense. That makes sense. It, exactly. And what is it? So then, if if I wanted, to, if I don't have a piece of your social media information, I can then get that from you, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously. So sure. you're gonna you're gonna be willing to give me compliance and give me your social media handles or your phone number to basically let me creep on you because I give give you the photo. Yeah. That makes so, perfect sense. Ex- exactly. So you're using that now to get these girls' social medias, or you can get them to just follow you. Now you're able to passively market to them. Okay, yeah, and just, you know, use social media to advantage. I've heard this so many times, yeah. I got where you're getting with this. Okay, cool. But you're leveraging your photos you take it from the fucking party, edited, to then to then get them to follow all of your fucking pages. Like, yo, just follow these pages, follow these pages, and then um, once you're done following those pages, like, let like let me know, and then I'll go ahead and, like, um we'll be able to, like, re- to release the photos out. This was you? This is what I'm telling to them? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Because now you've got them on all your platforms. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm like like making notes of like key stuff here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Jay. uh, So you've been really like helpful and all. Anything you looking for me? I know about like you know exchange of value and all that kind of stuff. So, dude, honestly, dude, like we run we run an advertising agency. Like our biggest thing is like we do like we're looking for clients that are in like the private the like the hospitality sector, private transportation, like so like. Jets, helicopter, helicopter, helicopter companies, yacht companies, um, to basically like run their social media for them. Uh huh. So like this, so if it's like a jet company, we'd like would basically like effectively run their social media to, to like lead the sales. So it's like a high ticket type sales and shit. Um, Are you doing that social media marketing thing? Yep. Okay, yeah, because I've seen Ty Lopez talk about it a lot. Yeah, but see, what's funny? Everyone, everyone goes into industries where it's like decent money or whatever, and they're like, they go, yeah, you can produce results for these people very easily, and I'm like. If you can produce, if you if you go into an industry where everyone's able to get results that easily, then there's nothing about you that makes you stand out. Second, right. nobody 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 goes into I'm gonna start going to jet companies and trying to fucking do their social media or wineries. They go to restaurants, right. and I'm like, well, you restaurant chains they may have a social media person, but like a winery or whatever, or like these luxury ticket items, they don't really use social media. They don't even think it's necessary. Uh huh. And as more of the consumer market gets on social media, they're leaving a large market segment. That they can be reaching. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. Exactly. Remember how you were telling me, I know it was you and your boy, I think your dad runs a dealership? That's, um, yeah, my boy's dad. Okay, right? His dad ain't on social. He's not. That's dumb as shit because he doesn't, he doesn't even think that, he doesn't even think it's relevant. How many people buy cars through apps now? Like, we're pretty much trying to integrate the market that way as a whole. That's what I'm like, saying. And like, if you're not on social media, marketing is like number, you're, if you have a problem with money, you have a problem with marketing. That makes you sense, have yeah. money, if you have a money issue, you have a marketing problem. And, and then, and then if it's not a marketing problem, your fucking product sucks. Yeah, the product needs to be solved to begin with for it to even sell. Exactly. Yeah. Not even like, you can't have just one or the other. You need to have both if you want a really successful product. Exactly, because if I have really good marketing and your product fucking sucks, you're basically just exposing your shitty product to more people faster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's that's the space that we're getting into. Like we like you know, basically we do like marketing for like nightclubs, um, like actual like brands. So like like we're like we're trying to do shit like for like Arsenic magazine. That's one of the companies that we're working on right now and closing a deal with. Um uh-huh. and th- they're having a problem. They can't get sponsors to want to work with them because they got like three million followers just on Instagram alone, but they can't get sponsors to work with them because they don't know their numbers. Because big brands are afraid to collaborate with social people on social media now because these kids don't know their numbers. Like, if I collaborate with an influencer and I give them a three thousand dollars for a paid post, how much money am I going to make back for that three k? How much awareness am I getting? Oh. How can I track that? I yeah, you don't know where it's coming from. Exactly. Okay. And a business, nobody's in the business. No, nobody's in the business of losing money. <laughs> Maybe. Like, bro, you know what? I really just want to fucking throw my money to the wind, bro. Like, I don't even want to. Like, I'm good. I'm like, what the fuck is dumb as shit? Name so Musk Tesla. Oh, dude, right? Like, but same. he's doing. A, I like what he's doing, though. To be honest, like electric vehicles and planet. I'm one of those, you know, save the planet people. So. Hey, I'm not knocking it. It's just, it's just, it's, I don't give a shit about any of it. I really just, like, it's just, I'm just not. I'm not like electric cars. I'm, I'm like into only because I'm like, oh, well, it, it cuts my costs. Yeah. <laughs> like, do yeah. I like? Realistically, do I give a fuck about like eco-friendly fucking cars and shit? Mm, maybe not really. I'm like, are they like? Yeah, yeah, that's also targeting the consumer. Not every consumer is trying to save the planet. They, yeah, they know what's up. 
Um, are you, by the way, are you still a promoter? Because you've added Andrew Snapchat, my boy, and he's been seeing, like, I thought you weren't a promoter anymore. No, I don't. I just, you see me networking a lot. Oh. Uh, so, the reason that I post flyers is because of the fact that, like, for really good parties, it allows me to double down and invite really connected people that I want to meet and network with to the events that, like, I help them either create content for or, like, I help did marketing. Yeah. Why it's, you showed the night at RSD? I figured you've been trying to do a lot of networking with more important people besides the party goers. Exactly, because <laughs> because anyone that know anyone that goes to a nightclub, like you would think that most of your high value connections come from nightclubs. My highest value connections came come from business conferences, connecting with other digital entrepreneurs, or connecting with like. I make more connections going to EPLP, meeting some financier who's a connector, than I ever have at fucking Warwick. <laughs> like I need more ball. I need more ballers at like these pop up events than at the fucking like nightclub. I yeah. need a, people at the nightclub. Everyone at a nightclub talks about their connections, but doesn't do shit. That makes sense. They're all broke. But everyone that I want to connect with that actually has money. Like, the owners of these clubs, you never see them at the club. You see them at these dinner places. That makes sense. Thank you for letting me know that, by the way. I wouldn't, you would have saved me a lot of time by telling me that. Dude, I, <laughs> dude, I spent so many years in nightclubs, and, like, when I think about the amount of ballers that actually met me, and then they, not, not only did they meet me, did they take me seriously. Never took me seriously as a promoter. <laughs> In whole environment and like where you're at, you know, someone's super successful, would they really be at a nightclub, you think? Dude, they don't have the time to be at a nightclub like that. Like, it, like the best way for me to meet some really dope entrepreneur is to like go to some like Soho house. To go to, like so in LA, the most exclusive places are like Soho house. I should be going to Nobu, which is up in Malibu. It's like, it's like the high net worth in those places are amazing. Like, to, like uh, not even Toka Madeira, because that's still kind of, like, trendy and shit. There's no, like, real ball. Like, some of the ballers sit in the back. But I would rather, like, I'd rather go hang out at, like, uh, like, like, fuck. Like, you would think Warwick on a Wednesday is going to have ballers. It's going to have promoters, promoter tables, a bunch of fucking young girls. And then that baller is going to be so busy trying to fuck that you and him aren't going to really be able to connect. And then at that, like if he's a serious, if he's a serious, serious entrepreneur, he ain't trying to go to a club like that. He's like, I'm too busy for this shit. The girls are too dumb for me anyways. He'll go there for sex, but he ain't gonna go there for nothing else. Right. That makes perfect sense. Because every entrepreneur that I've fucking seen that like kills it, like my boy, um, he like works in like the crypto space and does like blockchain shit. He literally was like, yo, um, like I was like, he knows the owners of like all the major nightclubs out here. Like he, cause he, he does, he brings the investors to tables for them to buy their real estate. Yeah, that's smart. I'm like, yeah, he, so he's connected with everybody. He's, he's RSD. Yeah. He's the inner circle, and, like, nobody knows who he is. And I'm just like, that dude is my one, like, connector friend. I'm like, I'm staying with him. Like, I'm, like, not even opening up that connection to anybody because this dude's so normal and just gets it. He's friends with every major dope promoter because he does the real estate acquisitions for the fucking groups. So the promoter is, like, basically his bitch. Wow. Yeah, dude, I've only been to like two or three of the inner circle meets because like I'm always, they always throw it at an off time or somewhere too far away, have something going on. But yeah, I don't know many of the RSD guys right now, to be honest. Mo dude, most of those, dude, most of the dudes that you meet to be like, yo, bro, let's pimp it. I'm like, so you're going to pimp it, you're going to pimp it, look dope. You're going to pimp it, you're going to look dope, you're going to post all these fucking photos, everyone thinks you're cool. Like, unless you're trying to be an instructor, I really don't see why you're in the inner, inner circle at all. Right. But the reality of it is like everyone's in the inner circle, like, well, are the ballers that you want to meet in the inner circle? A few of them, but are they going to any of the meetups? No. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking, too. When I was they're all connecting with each other in the group and then going to high-value places. They're, going to, they're, going, they're at the Maxim party. They're at the fucking charity events. They're at the private talks that Luke gives. They're at, like the, hot, they're at the hot seat or whatever during the business part of it. Like, right. I, bet you, bet you, I bet you if I want to meet all the top dudes... The, the top RSD guys, like the the 1% of RSD that actually is making money, making guap, killing it, I'll catch him at pop, I'll catch him at talks that Papa's giving. At what? Like Papa, Nick Coe. Uh-huh. Nick, because he's, he's, Nick Coe actually is the business mastermind behind RSD. Oh. I he's the one who makes RSD work. Uh-huh. That's interesting. I haven't heard his and name. And he's trying to really shit on business, and I'm like, yeah, because nobody in RSD talks about anything about entrepreneurship. Nobody does. I wanted to know who's above Tyler. Is that the guy? Yeah, that's Nick. Yeah, Nick Co. Papo. 
Like, I'd be more interested in learning from Papa than Jeffy because Papa actually run, Papa understands social circle game and he uses it for his business. He's been the connector for years and he just gets it. That makes sense. I have a question. Okay, now my bigger question for you is while I'm at this university, while I'm at Pomona, I'll be honest with you, I tried to rush a fraternity this week. Are you familiar with fraternities? However yes, I am. Okay, well. You have to yeah, stay on I, campus the whole week and rush. You can't even go anywhere. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, but I was torn between two fraternities. And when I, at the end of the week, basically, I'm pretty sure I didn't get in this semester, but um, I got a, bunch, I got a few phone numbers. I got a lot of solid interactions, people who like, really, really seem to vibe with me and like me. And they're like, yes, a lot of them even said, like, we do, uh, you have a good a, like good head on your shoulders and stuff when I had, like, deeper conversations with them. But um, the thing is, you know, it's quality versus quantity. You have to get to know, like, a whole chapter. is like, 40, 60 dudes. And I would have felt... So what you do is you don't even try to figure out, get rid of... You don't try to, like, get to know all of them. You figure out who, like, the who the value can... Who's the person that's the power broker in the fraternity that you need to be making friends with? Who's the guy that has everyone's fucking ear that you need to get in and figure out how to add value to him? Because then he'll ride your dick. The recruitment shares, which is what my first thought was, but when I mentioned that to one of them, you know, probably shouldn't be listening to them. They won't tell me how their own system works. Not at all. So what you do is you okay. go in, you go in, you don't try to, you don't try to figure out how to add value. You go in and you just let them talk. You spend most of the time, like while, like while you're in rush, letting them talk. Be like, yo, man, like what got you into this? And they'll be like, yo, man, you're hella, you're hella dope. And the next person you get in, let, let them talk. And the next one you get in, let them talk. And you just keep doing that again and again and again and again. Every to every single person you meet, like speed dating, and then they're going to be like, yo, they're fucking dope. I Dude, fuck with exactly this fool. Yeah, but the thing is, I was torn apart because you know you're, you're mentioning Dale Talk Carnegie right here. Again, yep. You know, how to influence people? But like, just I I don't know why I thought just for this special occasion I was like, should I really be? Because I should be talking more to demonstrate no. leadership. No. Like, oh, no. Dude, most leader, mo dude, uh -huh. most effective leaders they lead from the back. The, yeah. or actually, no, so what they do is no. So they most leaders lead from the front. But what I mean by lead from the like, when I mean like, what I really mean by like, when I say lead from the front, like, and what I want want to talk about about leading from the back is this: they literally they inspire other people through their actions from the front. But when it comes to the actual them being the smartest person on the team, like like you think a leader is like a CEO? Is the CEO of the company the smartest guy in the company? Odds are not. He's just the guy who took the biggest risk. Thank you. Most people, most of the guys that I work with that are on my team are smarter than me. Like my CMO, my CMO is a way better marketer than I am. That makes sense. But I'm a better connector than he is. My other partner who runs a business, he's um, he's a C, a C, my CTO, much fucking smarter than me in technology, right? Okay. He's, he's probably got just as much as ball, just as much as balls as I do in terms of like running because he already runs one. Um, person does brand the brand activation and like branding specialist, much smarter than me. Worked in corporate. Has bad financial is bad financial management. Um, my other content creator, like real good dude. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. It's yeah, I like, see. I just figured like CEOs are really good at spot. Our leaders are great at spotting talented people and figure out how to get them to work together. Because it's not about me; it's about them. Damn. I'm not that smart. I just got fucking really good people skills better than the rest of my team. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, while, while I'm in the middle of the semester, I'm still going to keep being ties with uh, some of the more, I'd say, more uh, veteran members, the ones who've been in there longer, the people who are, like, officer positions. Uh, yeah. So figure out how you can maybe get them sponsors or whatever for, like, their fucking frat party. So then you just break, you just break into the top frat. Because they yeah, can't like, get sponsorships for themselves. Like, it's, exactly. like, the whole way of trying to figure out how to, like, get in and have them think you're cool, yeah, that's one way. Or you can just straight guerrilla market, which is, like, figure out how to set up a deck. And how, how to get sponsors to work with, like, that fraternity or whatever. Because maybe, like, like I know Bumble right now is, like, they're partnered with Teak. Because it's a networking thing. So if there's any, like, bit like any like business fraternities or whatever. Or, like, a fraternity that, like, they, they're, like, more, like, maybe wealthy or something. But they can't get sponsors. Then, like, get, getting Bumble to therefore sponsor them or whatever next. Because maybe the next movers and shakers. You brought mm -hmm. that connection to the table they couldn't get themselves. Okay, so in terms of a fraternity... Uh, what would the I'm thinking what would a fraternity I don't know about parties but the fraternity itself like I could see stuff like they were complaining about like their gardening they had to do everything themselves and like uh, yeah so they're gardening okay fuck they're they're fucking lazy right fucking yeah. you can get some you get some guys together whatever that like either get some guys together to like fucking go do the gardening just for like access to the parties or whatever like it sometimes you have to take the bitch role for a while but all you need is one person in there who's somebody that's powerful that fucking likes you you don't need everyone to like you you need one you just want access one person with power because if everyone if, here's the thing if everyone in there is talking shit about you don't worry about it 
Folk, folk, like, literally, literally, don't even worry about it. Like, let them talk their shit. Get in with the fucking sororities. So, get in with the, if you got the females here, you got the dudes. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, the, my rule in high school was one thing. All the, if I want to close any business deal, have a hot female friend. Roll with chicks. Yeah. You want any sense. dude to ride your dick? Have access to the girls you can't get access to. The fraternities, I never was interested in trying to become like dope with the fraternities because most of those fools are really dope dudes. But at some point when they make money and like graduate, they have a problem with getting a job. And if not that, they all have problems getting girls. Yeah, exactly what I was And they just get drunk and fuck girls. And most of the girls in college aren't that hot. There's very few really fire ass girls. And my whole thing is those girls have certain celebrities that they fucking really fuck with. So for you, if you really want to double up at that level, you figure out how to add it. Who do those girls? Who do those girls look up to in culture? And make friends with them, because like, do you remember that porn star Carter Cruz? I don't, to be honest with you. No okay, way. so she's a porn star or whatever, and she, like, so she's like, um, she was in like one of these fucking sororities or whatever. And what's crazy is that she was at school or whatever, and like people didn't really fuck with her. But like once she got into porn and it became like 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 famous and well known, every dude wanted her fucking nuts. Like she got invited everywhere because now she's a like somebody. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the same thing. If you the became fucking, some like, fucking YouTube influencer, everybody didn't matter what fraternity you were in, they'd want you there to be able to say, "We got this influencer with our fuck." Because influencers are little mini celebrities now. Yeah, they are. So if you're a, if you're fucking somebody. Gang, like exactly. I was what I wanted to ask from the main thing I want to get from this whole conversation with you, if you don't mind. I mean, I'm being honest here. Go ahead. How to get into that position? What's the easiest way? What would you recommend me doing? From if you were me, what would you do? Well, see, the thing is, so like my background's in marketing. So like my whole my whole thing of how I use my social circle game now is just leverage. So like back when I was a promoter, I was like, oh, open a modeling agency. I have leverage. Like it was just like just do the business thing because like social circle game most of the time like you have to open a business that revolves around in some way adding value to the target market demographic that you want to go after. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. the thing is like yeah, doing social circle here like you need to be thinking about social circle in college. You want to be networking it really for business when you graduate. Do you really want a social circle of like these fire ass girls or are you gonna lever? How are you gonna really leverage those connections specifically for after college? I'm pretty sure I could do both. You don't need to necessarily have one social circle, right? Not at all. But it's what, what, the reason that I mentioned is it's just that like college takes up so much fucking time and so does social circle game. It's like actually very – it's a lot of work because you have to network a lot. You become you the have, guy that you're – you have to go out almost seven nights a week like because Thursday through fucking thir- – like Thursday through – I think Thursday through Saturday or Thursday through Sunday is when everyone goes out, like games and football games and shit. So you need to be the, you need to be the guy who's like always organizing shit for everyone to do. And that's where, that's where it requires so much work. Like, I organize networking dinners for, like, entrepreneurs to get together. And, like, girls who want to meet people in the industry, that's how I network that way. Now I just run a marketing agency, so any girl that wants to be an influencer. Yeah, you just have a shit ton of connections. As well. And a lot of value to offer. Like, I pretty much know, like, oh, you want to be a model? Oh, I know, like, 15 different agents at different agencies. And in New York and in L.A. And Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. So you got to figure out the type of social circle initially that you want, ideally. You got to know what you want first and foremost, and you can backtrack the metrics. If you don't know what you want, then, it's, then you're going to be kind of scatterbraining all over the place. Yeah, I mean, that even happened this week with the fraternities because I couldn't decide which one I wanted. So Exactly. So you got to, because like, why are you getting into fraternity? It's for the girls, right? So you figure out what type of girl, what type of girl you're going to want, what type of guy she's going to want to fuck with. Then you figure out what type of fraternity that you get involved with to help you become that guy. You reverse engineer it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, dude, I just joined the other week. I didn't even know what like fraternities were until last week. So I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until this whole week at the end of the week I figured out what's actually going on. And like, so have you still made a decision on who you're gonna go with? Um. No, because technically I don't think I got into either of those two because I was so indecisive. And apparently they collab with each other. So like the recruitment chairs, they they would talk to each other. And one of them told me straight up, he's like, the fact that I keep seeing you at the other booth is definitely not a good sign. He's like, I'll be honest with you. The guy's sick as fuck. You like me, but he's like, if you don't get in, that's gonna be the why from my end. See, here's here's the here's the reality. Like, dude, it is, like, they say all that shit. They they say all that. They say all, they say all that shit because they want some certain level of exclusivity. The reality of it is that if you were fucking somebody, they wouldn't give a fuck. Sure, with the other fraternity, they they would be like, fuck. Like, if you had offers on the table from every fucking fraternity of like who, of who wanted you, or whatever, because you had value to bring to the fucking table that they couldn't get access to, they'd all ride your dick, all of them. 
it's all about value. You'd be surprised. And I, I, I know this sounds like harsh, but like when you have value to offer, everyone rides your nuts. It's just the truth. Yeah. I, I, I knew that already. I just I was trying to figure out how to bring value the best way I who, could. You see, most of your value is in your connections who you already have, who you already know that they don't know. Because, I, dude, me and my friend and I were there like super dedicated all week. But then we had this third guy come in and he's this, this – I don't like this dude, okay? Yeah. Complete like let's say if you're with if you're familiar with RSD, he's not really congruent with himself. Like he's a little insecure and you know this and that. Yeah. Like, he got into the fraternity. Well, I didn't. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like – I could speak. I could speak conversation better than this guy. I could listen better. It doesn't. Could, honestly, it doesn't matter. It really, like it doesn't matter. Like, dude, like that fat, like that faggot got get got in. Good for him, <laughs> bro. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. Like, no, for real, for a dude. You know what, dude? Like, literally, like so many times we care about people, what people think way too fucking much. And like the reason I always even mention is because perception is just too goddamn malleable. Like that person who thinks you're a loser today. Sucks your dick. You know how many people I went to high school with or whatever that literally thought I was a fucking loser and now they all rock, like, cock ride me because I am living a life that they would, they literally could only dream of. Yeah. I know, I know everything's in terms of value. I got the big message here. That's what I need. Like, don't, like, you didn't get in today. So, you know how many, you know how many fucking times people are like, oh, you should do all that pickup shit. Now they're like, yo, man, my fucking girlfriend is like, she needs me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you're fucking, like, nigga, you have no value to offer. Like, I could swoop your bitch really quick. You, you you serve no utility. How do you date these fire ass girls? I add value. I serve yeah. utility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, You're absolutely. I right. Solve their fucking problems. I'm yes. like I, everyone looks at me as like Jay. Jay is my guy. Like he just fucking get. He's my guy. <laughs> No, but that's right. like when you're the connector, because everybody like being the connector is the most valuable thing possible. That's what I'm trying to work my position up to right now with this place. If I could use this to my advantage, yeah. I have the. Use your, use your, talk. use your place to, use your place to fucking, to network or whatever, or like do podcasts or like whatever, like you're going to fucking do. And the thing is, dude, especially like, especially you're in college, man, take this time to build your fucking personal brand on social media. That really will make you the man real quick. Hmm. I, I'm serious. I like college is great, but nigga, like become somebody on social media. Watch them saying niggas ride your fucking nuts. Everyone's trying to be an influence right now. Everyone's trying to record and release content, but nobody's yeah. good at it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's gonna take a lot more effort and energy for me to go that route too. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna pay off. It's just a grind. It's just you gotta grind. Right. Um. Okay, well, I'm still going to be working my, I guess, talk to as many people as possible and find as many people on campus that have Figure power. out what you want first and foremost, dude. You got, okay. Like, get clear on what you want. That'll make your life a lot easier. But if you don't know what you want, you're going to be sitting there fucking going back and forth all day long. Also, I'm telling you, dude, just figure out what you want first and foremost to make your life way easier. On campus, who have the most influencing ability, obviously, just like you said. Um, who has the most power on the campus who's going to be able to help me out in the long-term future, career-wise, Social circle wise, um, yeah, because that's what I always think about. What type of life do you want to have first and foremost? And then you, and then every action that you take is towards building towards that life. Like if the, if the fraternity is a part of that, great. If it's not, then fucking don't even worry about it. Don't even focus on it. Eh, not really. I was thinking using. I was thinking about maybe using them as leverage because they do have a lot of networking themselves. Too. Exactly, but like what, you need to figure out what type of life do you fucking want specifically, and then how do you fucking condition those people around you to add value to you so they don't just fucking take. People are always down to go out, do stuff. I want to go snowboarding. People to go snowboarding with a bunch of like guys and girls who have friends with more yeah. friends with people. Then you need to be making friends with connectors. That like, if you like snowboarding, you need to be making some fucking organized snowboarding trips. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the thing is, I also need to know people to you know. Yeah, then you got to go out and people collect. Exactly. So would you resort to cold approaches one by one? Work my Fuck way yeah, up? yeah, I would. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And cold cold approach and DM. You get sick one day, you got to be sitting in bed 15 hours, DM. Okay, amazing. So, yeah, because I was thinking about doing that on campus, like, um, not even with, like, maybe not even just, like, people on the road, but people who work on campus obviously have a little more power, you know. Of course they do. Security guards. Yeah. <laughs> would be very useful. People who work at the stores there, people who, probably the people who Bro, run you can club. finesse so much shit and get shit for free just being nice to those people. Yeah, people who run the biggest clubs on campus for sure, social clubs. Yeah. Oh, that was my original idea, so I'm going the right way then. Yeah. Okay, sweet. See, if sweet. you want to be that big of an asshole, just make sure everyone on campus likes you. 
everybody likes you. Everyone right. knows your name. That was, yeah, I get my name known on campus is big. Exactly. And shit, you still got that cookie strategy. <laughs> Fucking told you, that shit's so money. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll give that one a go for sure. By the way, um, when I told you my friend went like door to door in the dorms, like, this kid's not, like, he's pretty social. His communication, you know, his abilities. Bro, people, nigga, they like, yeah, dude, but see. I think it was like creeping them out because that's, yeah. Dude, I literally just, literally just go and hand out cookies to every single girl see the girls here's the here's the, you know one of the tricks you know with um fraternities the girls get bored by like year two of the fucking frat parties they get bored real quick and, i've talked to extra they're already girls i've met a couple already and they and what they they hate they what they do is they start going to nightclubs because it's more fun huh so if you can start doing more high value shit they'll hang at your house like we used to have a house next to scripps college and what we do is we used to so walters was the bar that all the 21 year olds went to because they, or they had like a college night so you'd have some of the people from like the local school show up right when they weren't throwing like their frat party so what we did was we started organizing the after parties after the club at our house that's smart yeah because then that. we were the container hub for everyone else and that's how i got to meet all the fucking girls that went to scripts although well, i think my roommate my room is home now yeah no because uh when you when i mentioned how we did that what was the why was your first thought um He's creeping them out. It's because, like, maybe... Because I'm just used to dudes being fucking weird as fuck. Yeah, I got you. I got but you. if he's social and he's extroverted, he just introduced himself to he everyone, is. everyone to his face, then dope. If he's an extroverted dude, then that's perfect. Like, you take... You just follow his lead because he's going to continue being social he and he's going to make you more social and more extroverted. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of riding him right now, which I really don't like. Because he's, like, taking all the action, you know what I mean? Yeah, so then you, what you need to fucking do is you need to be fucking out there. You need to be, you need to be like... Start setting up drills that like you approach five people a day. Talk to five people a day and, and add value to five people a day. Because in okay. that way, what it's going to allow you to do is they're building on habits. Just one step at a time, building the habit. Don't focus on cold approaching to fuck. Don't focus on cold approaching to like get anything from anybody. Focus on cold approaching. You're just like, I just need them to see me, know my face, and know my name. And however way I can add value to them, that's all I care about because then that's going to pay off in the long term. And they're all going to know my name, know my face. I'm going to end up dating the girls I want to date. I'm going to end up dating the hottest girls I want to fucking date by focusing on just building my social goal. Do not take the first girl that you want to have. Do not take the first girl that shows you interest. Wait, be fucking picky, and go for the hottest girl. And like, water, So attract your way up the waterfall and then fuck down. Date the 10 first and then, then go down from there. But do Got not, it. under any circumstance, get under the girl who likes you right away because that's probably the lowest value hanging branch on the tree. She's probably insecure. Go for the, actually the hottest girl who like everybody kind of wants. But she's – because when, when you're a connector and you add value, girls who actually like come from status, come from money and are like good kind of people are going to become that. Like my girlfriend is like that. Like she's she is – she's like – um. She's very sweet and like, it's like about how she can help all of her friends. But the reason that one of the reasons that like I have leverage over her is I'm a connector. I'm more of a connector than she is. That makes perfect sense. And then, I've, I, like, and then there are certain <laughs> skills I have she doesn't, that she didn't have. Yo, Jay, uh, my homie's actually like spamming my phone right now. For sure. I got to get on a conference call. So Exactly. Yo, it was awesome talking to you. Can I, I'd like to keep in touch with you. I'll let you know how it's going. And I'll, I'll definitely try to figure out how to bring value for you, my friend. I'm pretty sure you... <laughs> all right fam i'll talk to you later man great catching up with you man thanks for hitting me up man i appreciate it no problem anytime brother Take later, it easy. Man. peace out how's a person supposed to learn to appreciate things and be like damn i, I finally did it if they want a handout well it's true here's the here there's a statistic where it says that um with lottery winners that you give someone $100,000, $100 whatever it happens. Within six months, 90% of people who have won the lottery have spent the money within six months. Because we don't appreciate that which we don't earn. Anything that's exactly. given to us for free. Do you remember, do you remember like when we, when I, like when we got, first got into flipping cars, what you told me? You were like, yo, I want it. Like, let, let, let me help you do this. But at some point, I want you to come in and become a partner with me and put your own money up for the cars. Because you will appreciate the process more, you will care more about the cars, and you're going to do more. I don't want you working for me. I want you working with me. And we were very clear about that from the very beginning. Exactly. Because that was the reason that you didn't want to work with Mark. Yeah, a, a lot. But, you know, I was actually thinking about a lot of the things, but a lot of people want to gain access 
and be a part of something that they don't know the consequences to or the work effort that they need to make, which is kind of brings me into like starting to realize that a lot of people's not meant for, for a lot of things. That's why when I called you up, I knew what type of skill you had, what type of way basically I see as a business. You help me, I help you. Yeah. You know, in in this world nowadays, like you said, it's all about connections. It's all about what you could bring in the table. I'm not gonna bring you in if I know you're not gonna add something to add the table. something to the table. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people think because your families, your friends, that we gonna help you out, or family members is obligated to help you out. And nowadays, you're not. Nobody's not obligated to help somebody if they're not they willing to help themselves. Exactly. So my my question to you is, um, how do you feel on people um, wanting to uh, get a uh, expecting a handout, for example? You know what? what you know what's strange. Like I'll, I'll say this: my perspective on people wanting a handout is like this. I have mixed feelings on it because I know at one point when I was younger, that's how I thought. I thought that the world owed me something. I thought that I deserved these things and I thought I deserved them without the work necessary to therefore go and achieve and acquire those things. And to be honest with you, in my younger days, I was not prepped or primed for success. It was not something that was going to ever happen for me because of I was not willing to change. I was very hard-headed. And I think because life got so hard, it forced me to adapt. And because it forced me to adapt, I started realizing the reason success had eluded me for so long was that these core principles that I didn't have within me, I didn't have the character of someone who was successful. So I had to change me and the circumstances around me to therefore achieve it. So my mixed review is I have, I'm empathic. I'm empathic for the fact that most people want handouts, right? But I'm also on the other side where it's like I realize that if you want a handout, here's the way the world works. You're never going to get the handout. And here's, no, you know what? That's a lie. You actually will get handouts. There's somebody that's going to take a liking to you and it's going to give you an opportunity. Here's what happens. That handout becomes a curse to you because you don't end up doing shit with it. And you end up fucking up the reputation and your perception of that person taking a kindness and a liking to you. And I can think about so many people that went out of their way to give me opportunities, right? Like a buddy of mine gave me an opportunity last night to do some shit with Amazon, to basically come in on his business or whatever and make passive income without doing shit because they've been watching my fucking podcast. So I'm going, I'm getting opportunities. Now that's a handout, right? Correct. No. What do I do with that handout? What do I do with that helping hand? Do I bite the hand that feeds me or do I accept the hand that it's trying to feed me and put prosperity in my pocket? And and where where a lot of people tend to do when they get that handout, they tend to uh, bite the, the hand of of that person that's trying to help them out. Yeah. And um like for example, I was reading a book and it was about this uh young entrepreneur, 21 years old, um making millions of dollars. And um, he asked, uh, in the book, he asked a question and said, how is it that you become successful or how is it that when people get a handout, quote unquote, how do they um, overcome and um, get that progress starting to, um, for them to 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 stack? Yeah, stacking. So in other words, I started thinking like, if I was to give somebody an advice, how would that person take that knowledge and do it themselves? A lot of people won't take that knowledge. A lot of people would just be like money, 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 but don't want to consider using the knowledge to gain them to get access, to get more money. And a lot of people don't see that. Like, for example, I'll be content. Instead of me asking some a millionaire, hey, I want to make millions of dollars with you. Or, or uh, working with you, why now you give me knowledge? I'll use that knowledge and try to use Make it myself. Make the millions my fucking self. To do exactly because, you know, a lot of people just don't see that way. But, you know, the, in reality, some people will give you handouts. But I myself giving uh, people opportunities that I felt like I was uh, getting my time wasted because they didn't take me serious. 
Um, it's not that, that, you know, I just take it as they're not even meant for this type of type of job. I have to ask you a question. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this question based off what you just said. So because you're like right right now, right now, you're right now, you're stacked right now. You've stacked six figures, period. Right. Without like without doing shit, like you, the amount of times you put into this to stack six figures is absolutely fucking insane. Right. Now, here's what's funny. You have given this opportunity to how many people? Like, I want you to count off the list of people that we know that you gave the same opportunity to, to basically make the same income that you fucking make and you were going to show them and hold their hand on how to do it and show them your systems for making it work. How many have followed, how many of the people that you gave the opportunity to actually listened? Because I can name the names from what, from our conversations in the past. Um, I Basically, it was about like four or five people that I gave the same knowledge or and um, I think only one person took it serious which was you so now I've got one question for you yes okay only one person took it seriously could can you now probably imagine why most successful people don't give people handouts or opportunities anymore because they get burnt out you give four or five people an opportunity nobody does shit and because nobody does shit they just go fuck it why give out any more handouts? Because no one's gonna do shit with it anyways. Exactly. So to the so to people to the people that that are sitting there going, I wonder why no one's trying to help me. They have that because somebody but... already was trying to help you. They don't. They're not looking at somebody in their past who already was. There's always a hand that's out. Correct. Have you slapped it away or are you taking it? Most people don't see the prosperity that's around them. They're blinded to it because they don't think an opportunity is there. They despise it. Therefore, they don't see the opportunity. How many jobs do you think? Like, if you really think about it, right? How many jobs? If you're working a job and you're doing a good job at that job, how many people walk up and offer you another job? People just don't take that job. They say no because it's not what they want. But that was prosperity coming to them. They just chose to say, that's not what I want. I don't want to be prosperous in that way. But prosperity came. You just didn't see it. You didn't see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. You took it as an insult, a slap in the face, a downgrade, because you're too fucking fancy and you don't want to humble yourself to do the things necessary to get the fucking job done to level you up and up and up to get to the next thing. You know, and and what I realized, a lot of people are scared of change. Oh, yeah. Um. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was really scared to change. Um, I was even thinking about it. Made me get chills. Um, I felt nervous, you know. But you know, I prayed on it. And um, and being this type of business, you always gonna take wins. You always gonna take losses. But one last thing, I remember I prayed and I was like, I'm not taking no more losses. I prayed and. Ever since then, like I told everybody, even my own brother, I would tell him, do not ever think you can't do nothing or do not think that you're going to fail because you will. Always have a positive mindset because you will become successful. And um, to these gentlemen that, that, that I was teaching, uh, the knowledge that I knew, there were, you know, everybody had their own specific um, negative comment like oh I can't do it oh I feel bad oh it's not for me oh I'm not making this much money you know everybody's different but everybody takes hustling different you know just like if God wanted us perfect we will all be doing the same thing doing everything perfect but everybody has their own way of getting information uh and basically using that information on their own pace, their own way, they feel it's going to be comfortable for them to use. But a lot of people just want to do the same thing this person is doing. Oh, I want to do this part. I want to do this. I want to do it just like you. And they fail because they're not learning from me making, from watching me. They're learning from me telling them, but... In, in other words, they're trying to copy what everybody else is doing, not trying to find out what um, how, how to do it on their own. You know what's crazy? What you're saying, 
there's a the book Mastery by by I think it's I don't know if it's Robert I think it's Robert Green, but he talks about the the fifty thousand hour or the ten thousand hour rule. Sorry, not fifty thousand hours. It's the ten thousand hour rule, and it's you must do something the long way for ten thousand hours in order to master it. Then now only do you have the right to create. So anything that you're gonna do now, this is forty hours a week, five days a week for the next like they say if you take five years and you do that. That's not mastery. That's just you getting it to an intermediate level of decent understanding. The next five years is when you actually master because when you've mastered something, you're able to do one thing. You're able to duplicate yourself and train someone else to get the same level of proficiency that you've got. So like, there's something that Jim Quick always talks about when it comes to learning. He uses this in an acronym called Be Fast. And the acronym is basically for the way that you are meant to learn, the best ways is active and engaged learning. So your short-term memory, like this conversation, within a 48-hour period, it's gone. If it does not get moved to my long-term memory. So that means when I am learning something, learn with the intention of teaching. So most people don't want to teach people. They're like, I've got nothing to teach. The reason that I have a habit of always teaching whatever I'm learning, it's so it'll fucking stick. It has nothing to do with me wanting to run my goddamn mouth. I'm trying to get the information to stick so then that way I remember to do it and to fucking execute on the thing I just learned. Because I know I've got a 48 hour window if I don't write it down, if I'm not actively engaged, I'm not asking questions for the knowledge to therefore disappear. Correct. Because remember when, remember when you were teaching me this shit, you always said, yo, teach it back to me as if you were teaching somebody else. else. Why? Because you didn't realize it, but I already knew I'm like, oh, that's really fucking smart because that's actually how I'm gonna learn this, this business and learn this game is by going and duplicating it and teaching somebody else exactly how to do it step by step, brick yeah, by brick. And, um, you know, it's great that you mention it because not only um, though that type of, uh, not only that type of skill of you repeating it back to me works in businesses, but also works in your own personal lifestyle, uh, relationships, even if, if uh, there's a street hustler, you know, you could use the same knowledge and, and learn. Um, the only reason why is because a lot of people, um, a lot of people question themselves like, oh, I'm, how do I do this and that? But, you know, when they get that help, they got to, one, look back at what knowledge they, they got from this person. And two, they have to be able to use that knowledge the same way, you know, not the same way as the other person told them to, but their own comfortable way, just how you, I'm pretty sure you notice your own comfortability on how to do certain things differently than I am. So in this type of business, you're not doing everything the same I would because you know how to do it in your own way Does but that it's, ba- it's based off my experience so like our my our experience is subjective you have one way of having experience i have another way of having experience because our experiences are different we can take the same knowledge interpret the same knowledge very differently based on right. our experiences based on our cognitive biases yeah. based on traumas we don't interpret the world exactly the same way yeah so it's the same we we both basically we both get the same knowledge but we retrieve everything differently even you know, how we execute it's going to be fucking different. Yeah. Like, but and that that's the thing that I always say is like at the end of the day it doesn't matter how you execute on it as long as you're using the fundamental principles. I remember when I was in martial arts and my instructor Sifu Mike used to always he used to always talk about circle and line theory and he's like when, so when you know when circle and line theory was when someone circles you you cut them off by going straight ahead of them and then when someone goes to come straight to you you circle them and he said it doesn't matter the way that you that you use kaju that way you that you use kaju it all comes down to as long as you have the system in your head and the theory of therefore these are this is the way that we go about fighting you can fight your own way as long as you focus on these fundamental principles and it's interesting because each person has a system and a systematized way of doing things the name of the game is whoever is teaching you just follow their system and then you can add your own thing to that system but as long as you are following the system and the principles it's going to work the reason you have to still do it your way and you're going to do it your way is because it's the way that's comfortable and familiar to you. So it has nothing to do 
with you being an arrogant person, it's just based on what your comfort level, what your experience is. You're going to therefore articulate these things and do it your own way regardless. Correct. Um, and just to uh, bring this up, I thought it was really funny. But um, yesterday I had woke up and this quote was not really a quote. It's off a movie. It kept playing in my head. And um, you remember Friday, right? Yeah. The first Friday? Yeah. Where Big Worm tells Smokey, you ain't sold my weed, Smokey. What did Smokey say? He kept denying, saying, oh, I'm not smoking your weed and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sell your weed. And Big Worm said, I don't think you're applying yourself, Smokey. I found that kind of funny because a lot of people don't apply themselves when they want to get into business or when they want to do something with their with their life. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. They're not applying themselves. So I just found it kind of funny because in you know you got to apply to yourself if you really want it, you got to go get it. You know, it is just crazy how life is, but my question to you is what do you think I should do? Should I um Based off the teachings, should I start charging people um, to teach them um, knowledge about, you know, cars or how to make money, or or what what, what do you think? Well, what's your advice? You know, so you know, I'll I'll say this. Um, it so so here's the here's the question I always ask: What do you want? Like at the your ideal perfect lifestyle, what does that look like? Or no, you're like, like at the end of your life, what do you want your life to look like? Because that should be the driving force behind all of your actions. Well, what do you mean? Can you? Okay. So what I mean by that is that like, what do you want? I used to ask like students all the time when they would ask me about dating code, like dating questions. And I used to say, okay, you're asking me this question and you want a specific answer, but here's the question I have to ask you. What do you want? What's your outcome? Because when I know your goal, then that way I can tailor the answer I'm going to give you. But if I don't know your outcome or your goal, I can give you a piece of advice. Well, and it won't be relevant to you because it's not your long-term goal. You know, I always thought about it, but I felt like I should charge people. The only reason why is because... They'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate it. And on top of that, if they don't want to use that knowledge, you know, I got paid for it. And then I don't and feel your like... your time I, wasn't wasted. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like I should um, because a lot of there's a lot of information to this type of business that that needs to be um, addressed. On top of that, there's a lot of hands-on situations that where I gotta get my hands dirty just to teach the next man how to do certain things. And I feel like you know that's that's time, effort, my effort, you know. I, take I should it, be paid for my time and yeah, effort. Exactly. I shouldn't be wasting my fucking no, time. Nobody, to be honest, you know, I came I came up struggling when, when I was young. And um, I didn't expect somebody to come help me. I didn't even ask for a handout. Um, I always told myself, I'm going to do it. Um, it is crazy because um, I was getting an oil change the other day. And I told myself... I like that car. I'm going to get that car. And a couple months later, I end up getting my dream car. It is crazy, but the only reason why I feel that I was able to get my car was because I didn't tell myself, oh, I'm, I wish I could get this car. I told myself I'm going to work for it because I want to get this car. And I think having that mindset shows you that how hard I, I, I work to get where we're in the position that I am. So in other words, by me teaching somebody else how to do certain things, make money is is all about time. You know, a lot of people is not gonna for example if you if you go to an entrepreneur or 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 somebody, hey, how to make money, do you think they'll give you tips? You know what they'll usually do is like, if I'm really serious, what they're gonna do is they're gonna be, they're gonna, they're probably gonna ask me, "Have you bought my course? Have you exactly. been to one of my seminars? Anything like that?" Because at that point, they know you've got skin in the game, 
And because you've got skin in the game, you're going to take what they say much more seriously because you've already paid. Dan Locke has a great saying where he goes, he's like, don't give away free advice. See, the reason that I can give away free advice right now about shit like this is because of the fact it's a fucking podcast. This is going on a social media platform and it's gonna be it's gonna be massively broadcast to a large audience of people. This is how I'm able to get free advice and have it not cost me shit. Cause I'm all, I'm doing something in route to do something already that's going to make money. So this is just a stepping stone. This is something extra. But this is not my this is not a primary money maker. If this is a primary money maker, then now I've got to try to monetize shit, which means that I've got to therefore be cheap with the knowledge that I give. I've got to therefore hold back from people and not give it my 100 percent all, which is basically cheating the audience. So that's how I'm able to get free advice. I don't just give free advice. There's always an intent behind the free advice I give. I am my my one of my uh, one of my boys uh, and, and a business partner. He always says, um, "You are Mac. You are you are you are um, strategically nice, or like I'm Machiavellianly nice." And it makes sense because everything I do has a purpose, has an intent. There's nothing that's not thought through, thought out, and thought about the long-term repercussions and effects of what I'm doing. That's just how I'm very linear in my thinking, very logical, very, very calculated. So any way that I can do something to help people that doesn't cost me shit, I'm down for. But if it's going to cost me a lot, I'm always thinking of what's my ROI that I'm going to get out of all the effort I'm putting in here. And then I start looking at it. If I can find any type of ROI from the action that I'm taking, I'm down to take the action. Even if it doesn't physically seem like anything is manifesting from it very quickly. So, um, but to answer your question, what would, oh yes, what, what would I do? Yeah. What would I, I, the people, the people, there's a, okay, there's like three market segments. The ones that want to be charged, the ones that, 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 uh, don't really trust you yet and they're kind of fence hitters and they're going to convert in a little while. Then there's the the group that's in the middle. I look at this just like dating, which is if I'm going to charge someone for this, there's going to be some that are willing to pay. There's going to be some that, um, are kind of on the fence. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I kind of know you. I'm down for it, but I'm not really sure how it's going to work for me. The last ones are like, I don't trust your ass at all, but they'll take free advice all day. So I hit all three demographics. The ones who really fuck with me are going to put the money down right away. The ones so who are kind of on the fence, I'm doing that right now, which is the people that want to pay me for what I do, I'm monetizing already. There's a small audience of people that are going to buy from me already. I just focus on those people that are already saying yes to the buy. The ones that are on the fence, I got the podcast for them to give, to make them more comfortable. And then the last ones, those those people that therefore share this with other people, get those last bit of people that are kind of like, I don't know who this dude is and fuck him. I don't even know who he is. That's great. I got all three. So I can play the short-term game, the long-term game, and the uh, the intermediate game. I get it all. Let, let me ask you a question. Would you charge a friend? For example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah, good. There's no way in it. because by very, the very nature of him being my friend, we're too fucking familiar, good. way too familiar. Good. He's not go- he's not gonna respect me because he knows me too much. So that's exactly why I'm gonna tax his ass. Exactly. Um, what I learned in this type of business, that's that's for any business. You know, whether you're friends or not, you're you're still gonna get treated the same. You know, if you're running your own business. And a friend comes by and says, oh, you know, I want to get hooked up or whatever. Or, you know, is you got to treat them equally because at the end of the day, you're running a business. Yep. You got to be fair to everybody, treat everybody equal. On top of that, you got to let them know you're serious. The only reason why is because if they get too comfortable and they be like, oh, Jay, Jay's going to hook me up. They're expecting to get hooked up every time they see you yep. when they want something. Yep. You know what I just read? And, and thank God that it crossed my mind. A lot of people, I read a lot of people that are close friends um, to a person. And they say, oh, I love you, man, for, for hooking me up. Or I love you, man. Thanks for, for doing this favor for me. They don't really love you. Because you're doing something for them. They love you because they basically have something or you're giving them something to um, that they need. For example, a lot of people only want something because they need you 
for something, not because they want to. And that's what I learned in part of business is when a lot of people come to you and say, hey, Jay, I want to do this and that. All those years that you known the individual, whether it's a friend, family member, why all of a sudden that you're hitting me up now? Why yeah, did you come exactly. to me fucking four or five years ago? So, so it's like they only want you when it's convenient for yep. them. So, yep. therefore, when they want you at that time, you gonna charge them because it, you know you're not gonna be stupid. A, a lot of people that will pay for knowledge, you know. It's fair if if there's people that pay for knowledge, why not your own friends? Yeah. Why why not your own family members? You know it, it sucks, but at the end of the day, you could give them advice, and they might not take it. Yeah, you're right. And 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 what I learned is that a lot of people don't want to take um, some of the the anything serious. No, not at all. You know. You, you have to consider your your effort you put into it. You have to consider everything. I mean, l- look at you, man. You know, you grew up in, uh, what would you say? in? Uh, you mean po- uh, poverty-stricken? Yeah, you, what do you say? It was, Fuck, uh, oh, yeah, man. Like, I was considered low-class, dude. I remember oh, yeah. I got a tattoo. Um, I got kicked out at the age of 16. I was running out of room with some um, some lady in a bad neighborhood. Um, I remember that, which is fucking crazy. You know, my mom had a good paying job, but just because uh, my tattoo, I got kicked out and, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start focusing on myself. And and it's crazy because I, I look at a lot of people differently because how is it that um, I'm able to overcome situations like this about my life? How is it that you're able to overcome those situations where we're not living like that no more but when we give information or when we try to give handouts to certain individuals or our friends because we feel bad for them or whatever why is it that they don't take that same information serious and and you know it's just crazy how life is because you know in in my in my situation you're not gonna learn unless you struggle that, oh, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You're not going to learn from anything if you don't struggle. If you get everything handed out, you're not going to appreciate nothing. You're not going to uh, know what to do when... When when the tough when the storms fucking come, how do you handle when those storms come? Exactly. Because especially... You know, it's funny because I remember from... Just from teaching for so many years, one of the things I used to always catch with my students was... The students that got good really fast never stayed good. They always reverted back to those old habits. But the ones who struggled for the longest, and they struggled for years, those are the ones who became fucking monsters. And it's because they struggled so much that they had to learn it at a level that was deeper than everybody else in order to really be proficient and really be good at it. And even in my own case, I was a slow learner. So because I learned things so slow, I always had to take the long route of getting things done. But it gave me a mastery of everything that I put my fucking hands to because I had to work so goddamn hard. Yeah. When even with promoting, I used to spend sixteen to eighteen hours a day busting my own. You know, there'd be, and this is just this is just the truth. Most people don't know this. There were times I used to fucking do cocaine and I would do things like meth and and uh, uppers like Adderall just so I could stay up a bit longer to out hustle my competition because that used to fucking scare the shit out of me. I was my own worst enemy. I get up still in the middle of the night and I'm thinking in my head, somebody's fucking outworking me. So my mind starts to freak the fuck out going, I gotta do this shit, I gotta get it done. Like my fear fucking drives me. But it's also a little bit of like, kind of the small man syndrome where I've got a fucking chip on my shoulder and I've got something to prove. I gotta fucking stick it to everyone that, that ran their mouth about me. And that's strange, that's, you know, but that's just how things have kind of worked for me. Um, but dude, this was this was fucking dope, man. Um, just before we end on this note, just for all the listeners out there, I just gotta ask you, uh, Carson, where where would where would we find you at if we want to keep in keep in touch with everything you're doing with flipping cars? You want to keep in touch, just kind of with your life and your life story. Like, what's your social media handle that we can just kind of throw out there for for the audience? 
share my, you know, just my personal numbers the way you could reach me. At, uh, I know. wouldn't, I wouldn't give out that. Let's start with your inst your Instagram, your Snap, right? Is it all in the, is it all in the same name? Uh, no, or you just want to go with just Instagram or Facebook. Uh, what you do know, you feel just, comfortable giving? Just tag tag my Instagram. Um, cool. I don't know my my Instagram name by heart. All right, but just tag me and then you'll let me know. All right, guys. So I happen to do know his handle. If you guys want to find him, you'll find him at Buddha Bands. It's at Buddha Bands. I'll go ahead and tag it directly in the episode. Um, thanks again for listening. I hope this was amazing. I hope you guys learned something from this. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. You know, give me some feedback. Let me know if this was useful for you. Let me know about you know further episodes that how I can help you guys and how I can be a value. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about you guys. And I deeply give a fuck about how can I add more value to your guys' life. Because the more I add to you, the more you know you guys will, will pour into me. A rising tide raises all ships. Peace.